Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Kit! And the Tinkerer? Ooh, yes. Last week, one of our adventurers finished up a goodwill tour of the city under the Eastern Island in an attempt to spare their allies from imprisonment and their friends from banishment. I'm not really sure which episodes are going to air in what orders, so... That's all I'm going to say about it, because I don't know what just happened. (laughs) This week, though, we'll join Kit as she begins her own explorations of the city. Who will she run into in her new temporary home? What interesting slice of life will she discover? And will she get to show off some of her cool wild shapes to a new friend? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hey! Hello! Alright, so uh, I know that we have had at least one set of guest episodes before this, so it, it should come as no surprise that there is a new voice on in, in, our, in our listeners' ears, uh, but, but we should tell them who that voice is. Uh, hi, who are you? Hi, I'm Nat. I, I do art sometimes. They do really, really good art. Uh, if you so are good. somehow, if you have somehow been listening all the way to now and are unaware, <laughs> uh, Nat is the amazing artist who did our original character art. And if you go to our website, uh, dndlastrefuge.com slash, I think it's slash fan art. I don't really remember, but there's a bunch of really other cool other pieces that they have done for us. Uh, they're one of our patrons and I'm so excited to have them on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm <laughs> excited of course oh, yeah of course i'm so I'm so, so happy to be playing with you also i just feel like you should know uh that some of your fan art is hanging on my refrigerator oh my God. <laughs> i didn't know that it makes my heart very well, happy actually yes because i got all of the postcards sent here and naturally i felt that they needed to be displayed on my refrigerator absolutely how are we i know we just bantered a little bit but that was that was nat's intro uh how are we doing i i have no idea when this is going to air probably not for at least a month uh after we're recording it so who knows what the state of the world will be then but how are we doing now (laughs) (laughs) yep that that noise Uh that noise says everything really i'm doing (laughs) yep we are doing yes uh today i worked out in my kitchen uh and i almost ran into my fridge multiple times so you know that's that's (laughs) what my world is like <laughs> that that feels right that feels right i tried to go to target today and there was a line to get into target around the block and so i didn't go to target nope. oh because Correct. target also has a grocery yep. yep target has a grocery and i was like why in the hell are that many people in line for oh. yeah and there's and like a the, limit the and there's a pharmacy it's got a 24-hour right. cvs in it and also there's a limit right, on how right, many right. people can go in a building now right right yeah it happens when i go to the grocery but i didn't it didn't register for target that's fine um okay so the big question of course is how many games of DD are you all playing on average per week four yeah very good actually none right now (gasps) although i've been extra glad that you're here i've been desperately trying to set something up to for me to run for my roommates yes do that that's so fun i love that yeah it'll be really Um, chill i have most of it thrown together nice Nice. Yeah, well, then I'm really glad that you're here, because you need some D&D in your life. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. All right. Well, is there anything else that we need to know? I don't think so. There are a few things... How many games uh, of D&D are you playing? Oh, uh, well, let's see. This one... If we don't count like the one on like next week from when we're recording this is our um is our appearance at the Long Island Tabletop Virtual Con, so I'm not gonna count those because those are one-offs, which means that I am currently 
a part of five games nice. that meet at least semi-regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me was thinking, I was like, I feel like secretly maybe it was all the people wishing that they could have a regular time to play D&D that caused the coronavirus cuz like <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time it's... i've ever been able to regularly play multiple games in a week look we are all finding out what we love how we want to spend our time when it is ours to spend i don't know about y'all i have to work from home <laughs> Uh, nothing well, nothing has changed except for the different types of troubleshooting. Right, right, and that is that is a, an important point. That actually, I think I think we talked about uh, when I recorded with Lydia and the guest that played with her, um, Nick Figueroa from the Taking Initiative podcast. Nick was still working his normal job as as a video editor uh, from home, and and Lydia and I, uh, I, I guess I could say, are not so fortunate. Right? That's a, it, it's a good thing to I don't know. Yeah, it's whatever. A, it's a, it's a um a gift to be able to be working right yeah, now. No, I'm very sure. very aware of that. I will I will at least say uh it is it is a gift for you all to to not have to try and navigate a state unemployment agency. That's Oof. been fun. Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> at any rate, uh so so yes, we should acknowledge of course that that scheduling is is different for everyone, but I do love that you're in four games. That makes me really happy. <laughs> And I'm running one of them. I'm DMing. Yes. Ugh, yes just we're having a little, great time. <laughs> my little D20-shaped hearts all flutter. I almost killed them last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> almost is a rite of passage. I love it. <laughs> oh, we've done good. We hit the eight-minute mark. We're doing good. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, seeing as how we... I mean, obviously, we're not eight minutes in because we'll cut some of this, but since we are... Eight minutes into record time, I suppose we should begin. There are a few things that I know we have talked about. Uh, I know that at least Lydia's episode, Bazdira's episode, has aired. So most of these things uh, have already been explained, but it, it probably would be good to just talk about them again. So there was a little bit of a time hop since the episode uh, after you all completed the evacuation uh, and had your conversation with the Enclave leaders. And so since then, you all have been provided housing here in the city. Uh, It's not fancy, but it's certainly perfectly acceptable. Uh, The people of this society are not, not, you know, uncivilized, and you are not their their prisoners or their mortal enemies. Uh, Quite frankly, the best thing that you could do would be to run away, because that's ultimately what they want you to do anyway with the Order of Banishment. I'm Um, honestly surprised they didn't just kick us out immediately, but I'm pleased (laughs) about it. (laughs) Well, and what you've found out since is that this society, this civilization, this city, uh, and this community are are pretty deeply committed uh, to sort of everyone having a say because everyone is primarily concerned about the community as a whole. And so any big decision, including big pronouncements and sentencings uh, for crimes of this nature or of this magnitude, I guess, uh, needs to be made by everyone. And so since that is a thing that will take a while to like put together and get everyone together and get everyone informed, you all have some time and they're not going to kick you out until that happens. So you have about 10-ish days uh, from the time that you were served those orders of banishment, and you're basically free to, to do what you want. Again, like, they don't think that you're there to actively, like, attack citizens or anything like that, right? So I they've mean, given you a Kate place to stay. It definitely is. If we, <laughs> if we know anything about her, that's, like, her, for sure, like, number one go-to move. <laughs> I, I can't wait until you get a chance to hear Bizdir's episode. 
for <laughs> reasons that are related to this conversation. Oh no, what is Kira? <laughs> oh, we had such fun. Um, and so, so you all, the the four of you, decided that the best thing to do during this time would be to to split up, which you know is every DM's dream to hear, but but I encouraged it this time uh, to split up and just sort of do similar to what you did back in the Cobalt Tunnels all those years ago, but but a little more. Uh, specifically focused this time, just meet the people, right? And try and show them that A, you're not a terrifying, scary, dangerous surface dweller. Uh, B, that the things that you and your friends in the Enclave did uh, were to help. Uh, and see that maybe it's time that the, the policy of strict isolationism here in the world below was rethought. Uh, and so that's what you all are doing. You're going out and exploring different sections of the city underneath the eastern island. Now, obviously, there's a few things about this city that we should establish. The first is that there are refugees from the northern island sort of everywhere. And it's actually being handled pretty well. There's not a, a real scarcity of, of resources or anything, so all of that is fine. But they have definitely made the citizens of the city more aware that something big is going on. The other thing that I just want to mention, because while our listeners probably already remember this from previous episodes. You two have not heard this yet. Well, actually, I think Nat perhaps has read this, uh, but Kit does not know this. Uh, The city here that we're talking about is basically built in an enormous cavern underground, and the city is sort of divided up. It's all built on top of itself, and it's divided into three sort of layers or tiers uh, that are commonly referred to as lower, middle, and upper. And the tiers are uh, connected by these sort of spiral uh, stairways that head up. Uh, as we established in Bizdir's episode, the spiral staircases also have little platforms, magical platforms on the side of them that serve as lifts uh, for individuals like Mox and Rin uh, who move about in chairs. Uh, and it's pretty easy to get uh, between the levels. Bizdira took her fun little jaunt up to Upper uh, because she asked around and she wanted to get the bear traps uh, that you all left behind <laughs> replaced. Uh, and so she wanted to of meet course. miners and smiths to help uh, remake her bear trap. So she headed up to Upper for her adventures. Uh, Kit, as you sort of wander around, tell me, where do you think you might head? What would you be looking for? Uh, Anything like that. Sure. So I think that as Kit wanders around um, this city, she would be interested uh, to find out where maybe their food sources come from. Um, Because obviously Kit being a druid is like very curious about the nature and the ecosystem of this city and how how are their plants and vegetables <laughs> and what do they eat? Uh, and how does that work underground? Um, yeah. And I think that she suspects she might find some kindred spirits if she um, if she looks for, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you sort of start wandering around, you notice this, you know, when you were taken to your lodgings and all of that. And I should say your lodgings are all on lower. Um as you wander around and sort of ask about uh, about where you might find those those sources of, of food and production, um, you notice a few things. First of all, you notice that in the city proper, uh, there is daylight and darkness. And as you sort of look more closely, you can see that there are there is light that is sort of placed on lower on the underside of the buildings of middle. 
Uh, it looks like some sort of magical effect that's placed on the underside of the middle buildings that light all of lower. And if you were to travel up to middle, you would find the same thing on the underside of the buildings of upper. And if you were to travel to upper, you would see the same thing, but hanging on the stalactites that the legion of stalactites that cover the ceiling of this chamber. Um, and your first night in the, your first night air quotes in the city was a little startling because since these are magical effects uh, in the city proper at a certain time, the daylight just goes away. Uh, we're not so much for the, for the dawn and the dusk. It's just, it's light and then it's not. It's almost like everyone's on Love Island. <laughs> oh no, no, how, how? Because it's that's what minutes they in. do with the lights. <laughs> Is it really? They go on and they go off at a predetermined times. Wow, wow. Oh, I appreciate the like weird. two listeners who were very <laughs> excited about that. Um, in advance. Thank you all so much. <laughs> I love it. Also, it took me a minute to realize you were talking about Love Island and not Temptation Island, and I was like, that's wild. Mm, no. I haven't started <laughs> Temptation Island yet, but maybe I should. <laughs> Let me know if you do. Um, <laughs> the other thing that you find out as you ask around and sort of, you know, pick up on things is that uh, there are caverns all around the outskirts of Lower that lead into smaller chambers that are where most of the city's farms uh, and fertile ground and uh, animal and livestock pens and that sort of thing. Uh, they're all in these caverns that are just outside the city uh, even with lower, with the bottom tier of the city. So, presumably, that is then where you head. Uh, and, and Kit, what time, how early did you head out? What time of day is it? What are we, what, what are we looking at here? I, as far as you can tell, anyway, considering that the light is either on or off, but, you know, you've still got some semblance of a circadian rhythm and an internal clock. I think, I think Kit probably is going to operate under the assumption, until she's proven wrong, that, um, these farms are going to operate much like a farm would on the surface in that people will be up early and getting things done early in the morning. So on the day that she decides to head out and explore and talk to those folks, um, mm -hmm. I think she's going to try to be up and at them pretty early in the day. Okay, great. So you you maybe even get up before the, the lights come on in lower uh, to anticipate that, you know, very start of the work day. And you make your way uh, to the first cavern that you happen to spot because one cavern is as good as another at this point as far as you're concerned. And you're met with a, a somewhat surprising sight. By the time you have breakfast and get over there, uh, the lights have come on in the city. But as you go through a tunnel and down to this cavern that you're approaching, it looks... The light is dimmer in this cavern. It doesn't actually... It's not full light like it is in the city. Uh, and as you sort of head down this tunnel towards the cavern, you watch as the light actually gets brighter, almost like a dawn. Almost like a dawn. It's definitely not quite as, as smooth uh, or natural. It is very obviously artificial. <laughs> uh, but there is a definite sort of change in light level as the quote-unquote morning goes on. Well, that's delightful. I think that Kit is pleased by that. <laughs> delightful. <laughs> oh, Flick is going to be so proud. <laughs> oh, I love God. it. I love it. Uh, I got to be careful. You're going to end up moving into the farm. Uh, yeah, so so that's what you see. And, and as you step into the cavern itself, Tinker, why don't you give us a, a brief idea of what, what Kit might see? Well... 
I'm certain some people have a more effective method of doing this. Uh, the Tinkerer is currently working on an experimental one that involves a lot of pulleys um, <laughs> hung from the ceiling. <laughs> and what appears to be a like one of those like pool floats, like pond float glass orbs with a light spell cast on it being slowly, slowly cranked over top of the field. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the ceiling in this cavern is is considerably lower, obviously, than the ones in the city proper. Um, for, for all of you, it, it looks kind of like a normal farm. I mean, if you couldn't see the ceiling of the cavern, you know, there are, are there are fields, there are obvious sections of various crops, some of which you might kind of recognize, some of which you almost certainly do not. Uh, there are, you know, houses and and buildings and, and things that look familiar from a farm back home. You know, there's a silo and a barn and a house. and um, But then there is this pulley system it's not uh, quiet. that is being cranked <laughs> it's not <laughs> it is not quiet uh i love that um kit make me a i guess i'll take wisdom perception or wisdom uh, we'll do wisdom perception it's gonna end up being the same thing i was gonna say wisdom nature but eh, six of one half dozen of the other an 18 great you definitely smell nature in a way down here that you didn't in the city. There were there was really very little vegetation anywhere in the city, even as sort of decoration. Um, but here you smell loam. You smell soil. What you don't smell that I don't know if you would have been expecting or not, but what you don't smell uh, from this farm is is the smell of animals. This does seem to be a purely, uh, from from sight and smell, this and sound, frankly, although <laughs> the contraption's quite loud, so who knows. Uh, this does seem to just be a purely uh, horticultural, I hope I'm using that word I think so. correctly, I hope it doesn't normally include animals, uh, purely a horticultural experience. Uh, the animal part, the animal husbandry and uh, part of farming must happen in other places. Uh, so, Tinkerer, uh, are you visible from the entrance of the cavern Cranking this thing? Probably. Uh, they have to station themselves somewhere where they can see the whole apparatus in case some of it, you know, falls out of the wherever it's been screwed into the ceiling. Um, oh, amazing! So, yeah. so are you like up on a platform? Yeah, somewhere? like a lifeguard chair-looking thing in the middle of the field. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. The tinkerer should I describe? Yes, please. They look almost, but not quite, elven. Um, skin tone is a little pallid. Uh, their hair is sort of, it's short and doesn't look like the texture of hair from a distance at all. Upon closer inspection, it is because it is made of evergreen pine needles. Um, and they are mostly dressed in what could be farm gear, but it looks like it's covered in, like, oil spills and potentially burn marks and maybe has been exploded upon once or twice. (laughs) I should mention, wow. I can't remember if I mentioned this with Bizdira's episode or not, but for the most part, I'm letting our guests create their characters and not tell me anything about them until they arrive, so I am just as delighted as all of you right now. They're not young-looking, but they're young for an elf-looking. Uh, so, Kit, that's sort of the lay of the land that you see as you walk in here. Uh, what, what, what do you do? <laughs> I feel a little bewildered, but also I think... There's, I think that Kit maybe feels like a little bit more at ease in this cavern than she's felt in a while since being yeah. in the city. Like, I think like the smell of the fertilizer and whatever. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Oh, this feels like home. And then I spot uh, this interesting individual and um, 
I I mean, who wouldn't want to go talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, boring, boring people. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, you'd be surprised. Kit will, oh, well, <laughs> screw those people. Kit's gonna uh, wave and say good morning. <laughs> Hello down there. Gotta keep cranking. This, this. You're welcome to come up and watch. Oh, I'd love that. And she climbs up. I'm assuming there's something to climb. Yeah, there's up. a there's a there's a ladder. Right. It looks hand constructed and a little rickety. All right, so like cautiously, I climb up the ladder. Sure. Um, this is a a, a Rube Goldberg made device of epic proportions. <laughs> <laughs> It is put together with what was around already. This isn't something custom made. It's very clearly experimental on close inspection. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that said, it's it's you know fairly impressive because it is obviously you know found objects uh, that constructed it, and it's I mean it seems to be doing what it's supposed to be doing, or at least this person doesn't seem upset by what it's doing. <laughs> Or how it's doing it. I'm once I get up to the top of the ladder chair stand, I'm gonna look around and say, "Wow, this is uh, this is a really impressive device. Did you design this?" Yes, thank you. I'm well. I haven't named it yet, but nobody's asked about it yet. Well, that's a shame. Clearly, if anyone could see this, they would ask about it immediately. Um, I have to say, it really reminds me of the dawn. I don't know if that's that. that? Uh, of course you wouldn't know what that is. Um, well, on the surface... Oh, you're that kind of visitor. Oh, yes. I, I should have introduced <laughs> myself. I'm sorry. How rude of me. No, it's fine. Um, my name's Kit, uh, and I'm from the surface. I have questions about that eventually. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I but imagine not right so. now. I have to I have to watch the trajectory. Oh, sure. I'll I'll be quiet till that's done. Well, it'll take about 8 hours, you see. You you stand up here for 8 hours every day? No, sometimes I sit. Well, I guess that at least you can sit down while you do this. <laughs> I think it would be poor design if I couldn't. Yes. Uh, I agree. This makes the plants grow, right? Yeah, I can completely understand that. Um, yeah. You can? Sorry. It's a little nonsensical. People don't usually understand why it has to happen. I don't understand why it has to happen. It's tradition. Well, my guess is that the tradition comes uh, from, well, it probably mimics what happens on the surface, which is, you know, on the surface, there's, if I say the word, the sun, does that mean something to you? I don't know. Does that mean something to me? Um, make an intelligence history check, Tinkerer. All right. What a uh, weird is... couple of sentences we just <laughs> exchanged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 13. You have heard of the sun in, like, myths and legends, and and perhaps if there's any reason that you would have gone back and read, like, histories from long, ancient histories, then, yeah, okay. you've heard of it. But, okay. but certainly not as something that you've ever interacted with in any serious way oh wait you you've seen you've seen the sun have you um yes uh every day when i was living above the surface or on the surface rather is it bigger or smaller than a dragon um from where we're standing smaller than a dragon are you trying to explain the concept of perspective to me? <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Well, I don't see, but I think. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> Suddenly we're I'm talking saying... astrophysics. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
This kid has no concept of astronomy. (laughs) (laughs) I think Kit feels very flustered. She's stumbled into... She doesn't really know what she stumbled into, but now she's explaining the sun, and she, like, doesn't really know what to do. So she's going to keep rambling about the sun, I guess. So, anyways, your machine, it reminds me of the sun, because on the surface, every day, the sun rises slowly up into the sky, just like your machine is doing, and then all of the plants grow, etc. How does it know to be in the same place every day? Well, that's a great question. I I don't know. It just does. Huh. Maybe somebody it's just... probably some kind of magic. The tinkerer, like, points up with a series of, like, riveted-in attachments on the, the roof of the cave. Maybe it's got some of those. Yeah, could be. I don't think anyone's ever been up to the sun, so... Well, who cranks it, then? Hashtag Spelljammer confirmed. <laughs> uh... I don't think anyone cranks it, but I could be very wrong about that. You have autonomous sunrising technology on the surface. I am so thrilled. Oh, wow. Can you bring it down here? The sun? The technology. Um, I don't... I don't... I couldn't. Maybe somebody in the world could, but I I don't know what the technology or the magic or the contraption is I I mean maybe the best <laughs> thing would be we could go to the surface together and observe it I don't I don't know if you would be up for that but if you were ever interested I would be more than happy to accompany you well I I have I have to stay here and, and crank the sun of course does it happen at the same time every day? Because if I have to stay here and crank the sun, then by the time we get up there to go and look at it, then the sun won't be there anymore because somebody will have cranked it down. Yes, it does happen at the same time every day. So I think that assuming we're operating at the same time that it would be happening above the sur- Yes, I think you're right. A dilemma indeed. Tinker, let me ask you, do you- So this eight hours of cranking, is that is it constant, like, slow, like, progressive cranking? Do you get it to certain spots and, like, get a couple of minutes where you get to, like, rest your arms? Like, how exactly- like, It's how much a little really- more like the second one. I think if they wanted to, they could go extremely slowly and just sort of, like, fishing reel it very slowly across the sky, but that's just mortifyingly oh. exhausting. And they would have amazing arms. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They do not have amazing arms. They're they're not particularly lazy. They're a little lazy about it. Okay, okay. So it's like, you know, a few feet, whatever, or maybe like a few yards. Yeah, yeah. the idea of automating the sun is thrilling. Sure, 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 sure. Um, great. I, I, that's, I was just, I, honestly, that was just my own curiosity to jump in there. Hey, everybody. Your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be primo if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcasts from, and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read five-star reviews on air as soon as we're able, and right now that might be a few weeks, but I promise we'll get to them. And the more of them we get, the more visible the show becomes, and the more people we get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than just a few seconds, and it really does help us out a ton. Speaking of helping us out a ton, we also want to remind you that we do still have our Patreon page. Go to 
patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. In addition, by supporting our Patreon, you'll also be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. More information about that program and a list of all the creators that we're supporting through it are available on our Patreon page. Right now, I want to take a minute to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them so much for their support. Thank you to our newly upgraded Herald of Denier, Shimmy Gangot. We are completely flabbergasted and so, so incredibly grateful for your generous support. Of course, thank you to our honorary party members, Tanya, Sir Mox the Magnificent, and Matthew Allen, with an extra special shout out to Matthew for a very kind message and a very, very generous individual donation this past week. And to our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliahu of Mert Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge, and Misty. We are so grateful to all of you and to our Shimmer Scale council members and Shimmer Scale tribes people, all of you who continue to support us right now are really making a big difference and we cannot thank you enough. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much, much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. We want to thank BattleBards for providing some of the fantastic music you hear on our show. You can check out their awesome library at BattleBards.com. We also use some of Scott Buckley's amazing scores, which you can check out at his website, scottbuckley.com.au. Finally, on the music credits for this week, we want to thank Kevin McLeod at incomptech.filmmusic.io for his thatched village music that we use a little bit at the top of this episode. As always, a list of all of the music used and the artists who created it can be found in the episode notes. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or anything at all from the DMs Guild, the next week or so is a great time to stock up. As part of their efforts to support creators during this pandemic, the DMs Guild is going to be giving their percentage of product sales back to the creators for the next, I believe it's got about a week left. So instead of 50% going to the DMs Guild and 50% to creators, 100% of what you pay will end up in creators' pockets. During this time, they are suspending the affiliate program to further support the creators, so Feel free to use our links if you like, but we won't get any credit for it for now. We're more than happy with this setup, though, and we hope that you'll support independent and third-party designers. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Finally this week, we have to give an enormous shout-out, of course, to Nat Rose for joining us to play the Tinkerer in our second set of Split Party PC episodes. Now, we've been working with Nat as an artist since, uh, gosh, just about the beginning of our run as a podcast. They did our character art way back when. They're one of our patrons. They're a recipient of our Patreon at Forward program. And we're just so thrilled to finally have them join us, uh, you know, at the table for some episodes. They're a fantastic human and creator, as you can see, with our character art. Uh, But you should definitely check out more of their stuff by following them on Twitter at at NatRose. That's N-A-T. T-R-O-Z-E, or by checking out their portfolio at natrose.portfoliobox.net. Now, they'll be back with us next week as well, so we don't say goodbye just yet, but a huge thank you to them for joining us. Okay, I think that's all the announcements that we've got for you at this point. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay home if you can, and happy gaming, y'all. So I think the two of you sort of discuss uh, the sun uh, for for longer than Kit perhaps ever thought possible, and and <laughs> longer not than in you a thought possible. <laughs> <laughs>
I said what I said. Uh, <laughs> and Kit, for you, it is sort of an exercise in like throwing away assumptions about certain things and knowledge of certain things. Uh, and it's actually really fascinating for you to figure out some of the ways that uh, the world below has mimicked the surface and in what ways it has uh, gotten by without the conveniences of the surface. Uh, and Tinker, I mean, I mean, I think you know this is all just absolutely fascinating. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so not that I truly believe that the Tinker would ever be exhausted of the topic of an automated sun, but... Let's say that for a moment, everyone wants to take a brief respite from the sun. Uh, Now you need some shade every now and then. (laughs) You're talking to the right DM for that. Uh, So let's say, uh, did you bring a meal up? Because at some point you're going to want lunch, Tinkerer. So do you have a meal with you? Yeah. Great. So we'll say it's about meal time. It's about meal time, and I don't know. I imagine there's no reason that you would have uh, enough for two, but uh, but that's entirely up to you and Kit. You're beginning to feel like it's time for the for the midday meal. Great. Um, I'm I'm going to imagine that Kit like also packed a little pouch of berries or something with her. Absolutely. Who knew where the day was gonna go, and who could have guessed it would have ended up here? Totally. <laughs> totally. Um. So I think, yeah, I will say, well, um, I don't mean to disturb you if you would like some peace for your meal, but I'm also happy to answer any questions you might have. Um, and I, and she holds up her berries and I did bring my own lunch today. So <laughs> did you grow those? Did I grow them? I have nothing but questions for anybody who will actually talk to me. Absolutely. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say that these are like, they're from like the Goodberry spell because that's a oh, fun okay. talking point. Mm, sure, sure. Um, so I'll say, in a way, I made them out of magic. <laughs> oh, finally we have common ground. Oh, you're also a magic user. A little bit, I doubt. I had to turn that on somehow. Points at the sun. I had to get it up there. That does make sense. <laughs> no, I'm 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 passingly familiar with the spell. I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, at least that it exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a first level druid spell, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, then yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm familiar with it, yeah. So Kit is definitely curious. Uh, so what kind of magic do you do if I'm not intruding by staying here? Oh, no, absolutely. Stay. I regularly am up here by myself. I, I love company. I I dabble. I I, I think I'm, I'm familiar with that spell at the very least. I do a little bit of doodling around in the field with the with the plants and the and the growing and the making things look nice and healthy and sometimes i i sometimes things blow up or or sometimes sometimes <laughs> things don't go how i want them to not in the fields i don't i never i never try that kind of thing in the fields but sometimes well hmm, watch this and the, they pick like a like a like a almond or a, some sort of a, a nut out of their lunchbox and flick it like like a like they're flicking a coin and I would like to cast catapult and launch it across the field. Yes, <laughs> yes. So this nut that kind of kit as you look at it, it does kind of look like a, a familiar nut to you, but its color is is super pale. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's off. Uh, which is sort of been true about everything. Like, you yeah. definitely feel at home, sort of. Uh, and this little nut just goes rocketing across the field. Kick claps. That was Thank amazing! <laughs> Sometimes if I need to, like, deal with something from a distance, if somebody's come in here and is messing around, or if something up there is going wrong, I'll just pop them. Built-in slingshot. Very cool. 
I love it. Uh, Tinker, I do have another question for you, since something that you just said. Uh, So when there are things to be done in the field, uh, do you do them during the day while the light is up? Like, do you pause the light? Do you do it after the light has made its pass? How do you handle that? Uh, It depends how urgent the thing is. If it is an urgent thing, then they'll kind of like spin the crank and watch it go for a while. The crank is not the only way that the sun has ever crossed the field, by the way. There's been a myriad of methods. This is just the most recent and most effective. (laughs) Um, There was a balloon method a while ago. That went terribly. Um, But the... Every now and then, if something super urgent needs to happen, they'll just kind of, you know, like if you spin a fishing reel and it just kind of goes like, a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. I love spin that. Spin it and then run down and that. deal with the problem and then run back up. But if it's something less urgent, then it happens after hours. All right. What was the most recent uh, sort of problem that you had to deal with, urgent or otherwise? So I actually went and did some interesting reading about plants that grow in yeah, caves. You did. And plants that aren't supposed to grow in caves. And they can, if not handled correctly, destabilize cave structure. Uh, They actually have a whole lot of issue with, like, caves that are for show and for tourists and stuff. If they put lights up in them, moss and things will grow around it. And they have to scrape it off before it gets loose in or it'll destabilize the cave structure. So, minor, minor uh, landslide. (laughs) And how recent was this? Probably like three-ish weeks ago. Okay. Okay. So things have been pretty quiet so far for the yes. for the recent history. Yeah, things have been pretty quiet, but like that's pretty big, and so it's still like, oh, this thing happened the other day. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And they have little bits of magic to handle. And right. All absolutely. Of that. Absolutely. All right. Um, why don't you both make me wisdom perception checks? Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh. Nine. Nine. Excellent, Kit. Twenty-three. So, Kit, uh, after the tinker describes this little uh, rock slide, you can sort of see where uh, where they're pointing, like the part portion of the cavern that had begun to collapse in, um, and you are sure you see something moving over there. You can't tell if it's a creature or if it's the the rock shifting again or or just shadows because of the light, but you're sure you see something moving over there. Okay. Um so I squint my eyes a little bit and I say, "Um Tinkerer, is it just my imagination or is is there something going on there? Should should I go look at it. We could go look at it. Is there... Oh, dear. What? Something's happening. What? You don't see anything, but, you know, you've also been staring at the light for a while while you make yeah. sure it's in the right place, I've so... Been, yeah, I've been I've been staring at this. Could you go take a peek at that? Absolutely. I try not to stare at the sun, my eyes are a little... All right. Kit's already <laughs> halfway across lot. the field. <laughs> All right. So Kit is racing over there. Um... And essentially, uh, what you see is you can see where the Tinkerer uh, obviously sort of took care of this landslide. How did you take care of it, Tinkerer? I have the Mold Earth cantrip, so probably just like put things back where they're supposed to be. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see like there are a few patches of, of stone and wall that are just like a little more smooth than the surrounding area where obviously something was probably magically moved and refitted and smoothed out and re-secured. Um, but you can see that sort of around that area, so there's the central area that's been obviously fixed, and you can see around that area uh, there are just the finest little spider web of cracks up through the wall. Uh, and and you can see where there's a, a, a sort of 
it's not huge, but it's big enough that you could see it all the way from where you were before. This sort of boulder or chunk of rock that has come out of the wall uh, above where the original landslide was. The boulder is just sitting there? Sorry. Yeah, it it fell out from the cavern wall and is now sitting on the ground. And you can see like a hole in the cavern wall where where it was before. Yeah, so it looks like part of this wall is still kind of unstable. Looks like the part actually around where it was fixed. I see. Interesting. <laughs> and okay. it's a, like I said, it's a sizable hole. You could it's probably big enough that you could and deep enough that you could crawl through it like it's that big. You couldn't walk through it normally, but you could crawl through it. So it's probably not it's not insignificant. It's not going to bring the cavern crashing down in moments, but like it's not an insignificant hole in the wall. Okay. Can I if I investigate it, will I learn anything more about it or is it basically just like you might do, yeah. Okay, I would like to investigate it. Great, let's have an intelligence investigation check. A 16. You can see that uh, as you get a little bit closer and sort of investigate more closely, you can see what looks like up in the hole is actually a separate chamber, a small little chamber that has some standing water in it. Uh, and there are some plants that have mosses and algaes and things like that, but that have grown up and onto the walls, and that looks like what caused this section to be destabled. Uh, Destabilized? Destabled. Who am I? Uh, Destabilized. And from the conversations that you had with the Tinkerer, this actually, it sort of sounds like exactly that, that, like, when the first landslide happened, it opened up this area to air and some light. And so these plants just sort of exploded in in growth and have caused some behind-the-scenes destabilization. Got it. Cool, cool. Uh, great. So I, I'm going to crawl back out and I'm going to holler over to my new buddy and say, Just so you know, looks like there's some problems in here. But don't worry. I can handle it. Uh. Hmm. Okay. Uh, problem is not a thing I like to hear. <laughs> um, hold, please. I'm gonna spin the, the crank and get down and follow. <laughs> yeah. So you sort of the the shadows um, kit sort of move rather jarringly for a moment uh, as the light sort of goes a little bit faster. Just because it's for fun. Yes. When I see, uh, when I see the tinker like do that, I'm gonna say like. Oh, hold on. I'm going to get you someone to help with that. I'm going to use, um, I would like to use, yeah, uh, conjure woodland beings Uh to make a little woodland being appear on the, um, on the thing to help, help with the crank while we're exploring. So you want a, a single, uh, a single creature to appear? Yes, somebody preferably with opposable thumbs. (laughs) Okay, excellent. Great. Roll me a d4, please. A four. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I hope it's not a sea hag. It's not a sea hag. Uh, Thank God. It is not a sea hag, but I do sort of love uh, how topical this is. Uh, for you a long time ago, whatever. Uh, so you conjure and you call into into the the Feywild, I guess, because you're summoning a Fey creature, uh, and and it startles you at first when it pops into existence. You see a a meanlock, if you recall, one of those creatures that fought with Zagara and uh, and Beaky, all those. 
Owly, sorry, Owly. Uh, the ones that like caused fear and all of that horrible things and look like big bugs. Uh, uh-huh. But it's but as per the spell, it's perfectly friendly to you and your companions. It's just you know you have some memories. Yes, I do. I say. Oh, hello there. Would you mind going over to that crank and slowly cranking it while my friend and I look at this hole in the wall? And just absolutely thrilled to help you. Uh, <laughs> nods, clacks, it's, it's, I think they have like claws. I might be thinking of the wrong creature, but anyway, uh, and, and skitters off towards the, towards the, uh, the tower where the apparatus is. Did those live on the surface? <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, horrifying. Yes. I'm sorry. Not on the surface of this island, as far as I know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. As you can see, this one is my friend. Where did you find it? Uh, I found him in the Feywild. I drew him from there. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I love the, like, easy acceptance of that. Yeah. I hear bedtime stories about the Feywild from my gran. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, so the mean log goes up and dutifully starts cranking the sun. Not bad, not bad. I should get me one of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Tinker, you head over to where Kit is, and you can, uh, as you get about halfway there, you can see the hole in the wall, uh, and Kit can, as you you approach closer, you you know, Kit can sort of show you what she has discovered so far. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 dear. Oh, we need to, the hole. This needs to be weeded. Yes, let's weed it. Okay. Um, <laughs> snaps on a pair of gardening gloves. Y'all, I, I never thought I would create an adventure that was weeding-based, but here we are. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, Tinker pulls on some gardening gloves, because obviously they have gardening gloves, uh, and and you all sort of head into that area. And, and as you climb into the hole, you can actually see that the chamber back here is it's still small. It's small, much, much smaller than the chamber that the farm is in, but it's also much bigger than you originally thought, Kit, and there's actually quite a bit of plant growth uh, in here. Um, how how big are we talking? Like, what is the largest, let's say, animal that could fit in here? Um, an elk, a giant elk would be really uncomfortable. It's possible, uh, but it would be pretty, like, uncomfortable, particularly with the antlers, right? So it's probably, like, between 15 and 20 feet uh, tall and probably, I don't know, 25 to 30 feet sort of on a side. What about, like, a regular moose with big antlers? I think that would work just fine, yeah. That's Great. a new one for you, I think. You haven't done moose before, have you? No, I haven't, but I'm... I think, so, like, Kit looks, she sees that's a big room, there's lots of stuff on the wall that needs to be scraped up, and she's mm-hmm. like, what's gonna... She is like, my hands are not gonna be very fast, so she's, like, going through her animal Rolodex, <laughs> and it's like, who has... <laughs> Big, either like big hands or antlers or something that could scrape the wall. Absolutely, I love um, it. So I think after she like does that, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. After she decides that, she's gonna look at the tinker and say, "I am going to try to speed this along, but I'm gonna do a little more magic. So don't be alarmed. I will try not to be alarmed by your sometimes bizarre surface magic. <laughs> Excellent." And then she changes into a moose. <laughs> that's alarming. That, that's alarming. What is yes, that? <laughs> that is alarming. This is equally as alarming as the main lock because the tinkerer has seen neither. <laughs> right. Correct. Absolutely. 
Actually, the meatlock might be less alarming. It looks a little more like a cave creature. Sure. <laughs> and Kit lets out a reassuring harumph of her moose lips. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes to the wall to demonstrate, and she starts scraping the wall with her antlers. Okay, that seems to be doing the job, as far as you can tell, Tinker. Gentle around the cracks. Don't want it coming down. Very gently. It's very amusing for anyone who's seen a moose before. <laughs> uh, just the idea of the moose, like, very gently scraping moose against the wall. Amazing. <laughs> One of my favorite... I think it was This American Life Stories was about a town, probably in Alaska, no offense if you're from Alaska, that was not meant as shade, but uh, where, like, they had this moose who would, like, go to this bar and get drunk every weekend. Amazing. That's what? And he was, like, Alaska. a town. I don't remember this story. Truly, though. <laughs> truly. Um, okay, let me, uh, it's been a while since I asked this, but uh, can I have your uh, passive perceptions, friends? Oh, yes. Nineteen. All right. Uh, the perception, 14. Okay, uh, Kit, Moose Kit, uh, you, as you're sort of getting, you've, you've moved away from the entrance, like you, I assume that you all are sort of starting near the where the hole is, because that's the least stable part of the, the cavern wall, and then just sort of moving out a little ways to make sure that it doesn't, you know, grow back in and cause problems later. And you uh, sort of, there's a, there's a particularly, uh, not surprisingly, particularly large sort of clump of this algae and, and moss and stuff around the uh, around the pool of standing water in this chamber, and you see something shift. Like, there's a, a hump of of moss and vegetation that just sort of, like, I don't know, undu- oh, I undulate again. I know I used that <laughs> in, the, in, in the evacuation, but just sort of, like, moves, quivers. <laughs> and uh, as... Yeah. <laughs> Tinker, as you hear the moose make exactly that noise somehow, uh, the uh, the pile of moss uh, lunges sort of n- towards Kit Moose, but but it it's it's plants. It's not very quick. Whatever it is, it doesn't actually get near her. It doesn't endanger her, but it does sort of like lunge a few feet in Moose Kit's general direction. Oh, what is that? Hold it still. I need to get a net. Uh, okay, I try to hold it still. How? Um, uh, ideally, I would like to use my... I'm just going to demonstrate visually, and then I'll explain Uh it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely that. And it with the antlers. Uh, How to describe that? So you try and use your antlers as a cage slash wrestling pin. Yes. Got it. <laughs> or like Got a it. fork. Like two forks. Oh, that's very good. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Alright, go ahead and make me a strength athletics check since you are, I guess, trying to grapple this thing, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, well, okay. Um, I don't know what a moose's modifiers are since apparently moose doesn't exist in D&D Beyond. Oh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> we'll use elk and make it maybe a little stronger. So let's say plus four. Cool. A 21. Okay. Well, the the pile of plants rolled a natural one. So it's just like, it, it's, you do not get that the, you do not get the uh, impression that it is particularly intelligent. If it is indeed sentient, it is only just barely so. Uh, so it just sort of keeps sort of bouncing up against your antlers, but it's not going anywhere. Great. I'll stay here until the tinkerer gets back. Um, 
Kit, uh, why don't you, since you have a moment while the Tinker goes to get a net, Tinkerer goes to get a net, Kit, why don't you make me a, I will take either Intelligence Nature or Intelligence Arcana for this. A crit! You crit. makes it a 24 either way. (laughs) Great, I love that. Yeah, so you absolutely notice that large chunks of this thing appear to be affected in the same way that some of the surface plants were before Fiona uh, and the Lich deactivated the node, except this looks more advanced somehow, and it's not about how much of the plant is covered by it. It just looks like it is this plant. I mean, obviously, it's moving of its own volition, right? It has been more deeply affected by that magic in some way and for some reason. A light bulb goes off in Kit's head. (laughs) Tinker, you uh, come back at this point with with whatever... Tomato nuts. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) The kind of, like, things that you put around plants so that the deer don't get them. (laughs) It's gonna Uh be a real problem for Moose Kit, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just a bit. I don't think okay. Tinkerer knows what these are for. <laughs> sure. There's no deer to get the plants down here. Right, right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and so and so, how do you, what do you, I'm making weird hand motions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you um, move back and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump on it. And kids, <laughs> I'm not talking in the microphone because I'm acting it out. There's so much going on. I love this. Um, Kit slowly backs up one hoof at a time. Yes. And I will full body tackle the the moss. I love it. Uh, Why don't you make me a, also make me a strength athletics trick. You can have advantage because the moose is sort of, you know, backing off slowly enough that they're taking some of the, some of the work off of you. Mm, Strength athletics check. Uh, 12. <laughs> so this time the moss uh, crit. I'm going to lose so a fight to fun. the moss. So you, <laughs> is this a fight? So you, you, you get it on top and the moose moves away because you've got it now. And then it just lets out this one big heave. And Kit, you can see this pile of moss basically like flip itself over and so the tinker goes over backwards the the net as it is goes on top of the tinker and the moss goes on top of the net and that is where we're gonna leave it for this week oh no the moss Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out what happens to the Tink. We just met them. Anyway, you can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at at DNDLastRefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, find out what virtual cons we'll be attending, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Huff, my story consultant for this campaign. I want to say an enormous thank you to Nat for joining us this week. Yeah. This is not the last we will have seen of them. They will be back next week for the exciting conclusion to of this. My death to boss. <laughs> and now let's not get ahead of ourselves. But but Nat, thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm super excited to have you. I'm so happy to be yes, here. Thank you. This is so fun. And of course, I want to thank all of you for listening. I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have Kate and the Tinkerer for a little bit longer anyway. <laughs> 
Happy gaming, y'all. It was a special time. It was I a get special that. time. I get that. These are the special times. The Mariah Carey Christmas. No. Yeah, Mariah Carey. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Christina. This doesn't matter. So... <laughs>